Welcome to Healthcare 2030. This program features conversations and interviews with respected healthcare industry experts discussing the latest topics regarding current issues today and the future of healthcare, innovation, and technology. To learn more about OxioHealth, head over to oxiohealth.io. That's www.oxiohealth.io. Now here's your host, Noel Guillama. Welcome to Healthcare 2030. My name is Noel Guillama. Thank you for tuning in to our program. I'd like to introduce my partner, Carl Larson. Well, hello, Noel, and hello to everybody out there listening. Uh, we appreciate everybody that uh, has been dialing in, and uh, we certainly appreciate all the feedback we've gotten. Carl, um, we left the last uh, podcast with some very interesting yes, commentary about uh, telemedicine, telemedicine mm -hmm. remote care, about doctors' efficiencies. Um, we certainly can pick that up if you like, or we can talk about something else. Well, I kind of would like to pick that up because um, technology is sort of my uh, sort of my wheelhouse. But uh, I think that uh, some of the things that we had to say about telemedicine are very, very interesting. Um, you know, telemedicine. We we came to the conclusion, I think, in the last podcast, telemedicine to be fully utilized really needs to have a medical record available to the doctor, at least if that doctor does not know that patient. But I would like to also suggest that in addition to a medical record, it would be great if that physician uh, had a patient that had wearable devices that could provide blood pressure, could provide heart rate, respirations, um, temperature, all of the things that, that are taken on the patient intake and on an encounter visit at a physician's office could provide that directly to them, uh, the wearable devices, the Internet of Things. So do you see do you see things moving in that direction? I, I do, but I see it from, from a different perspective than most people see it. Um, most people look at, at telemedicine and see, yes, during the COVID pandemic it has been an incredible tool certainly saved lives, certainly made people feel better. But one of the reasons that was a driver besides the necessity was also financial, is is the government made, and the insurance company followed immediately, basically said that uh, because of the crisis, that we, whether the government and the insurance companies, are going to pay doctors the same rate for telemedicine as they would for an office visit. Mm -hmm. That That's historic. That That's... that's beyond the dream of the telemedicine industry. Um, I don't think that will be permanent. I think it will be higher than historical, but I don't think it will be permanent for a bunch of reasons we could we could detail. One of them is the cost to provide the care is different. Um, the quality of care is also different um, in totality. It may be great for something very simple, certainly great for a follow-up, uh, but the quality of care is, is different. Um, and, and this is not me because I'm not a doctor, but doctors will tell me that the doctor quality of care is different. If it's just a follow-up based on some routine uh, procedure, you know, sore throat uh, or other issues, then the, the, the quality of care of, of telemedicine is 100%. It's, it's just as good. But in all of healthcare, okay, um, mm -hmm. you know, you take out that, that $3.5 trillion and you take out a trillion dollars for hospitals and you take out the pharmacy, 
doctors are about a trillion dollars. And that trillion dollars, okay, that's left, healthcare, the telemedicine is not 100% as good as in all cases. Right. So, so one of the things that's, that's dramatic in telemedicine is about compensation. And this is, this, is, this is really important. When you're getting, when you're as a provider getting paid to provide telemedicine service at 100% of what would be an office visit, that gives you a lot of financial stability to do that work. Uh, and it also helps, you know, mitigate the losses that you've had for having your offices closed completely or partially closed. Where telemedicine is a game changer is when you're handling, when, when, you're, when, when you're part of an insurance company capitation program. And what that means, and we've explained it before, is when the, the, the provider, the, insur- the, 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 the doctor or the medical group is getting paid a flat rate to provide care to the patient, and they're incentivized, and they share in the savings, okay, what's called risk-based care, right. then that provider not only will use telemedicine more effectively, more efficiently, but also has a financial incentive to give, literally, the patient the device that will help them track better. Right now, you have hundreds, if not thousands, of companies that are trying to sell widgets Okay, valuable widgets to providers, to consumers, or to insurance companies. And the problem is that the sale is completely different, okay, um, for everybody. A consumer may buy a smartwatch and may use the information, but I guarantee you, guarantee you, that 95% of doctors don't want to see it, don't want to hear about it, mm-hmm. don't, I, don't, I don't need it, I don't use it, okay? Because they, they don't have the confidence in it. They don't have an easy way of transferring it. Well, Imagine if a patient showed a doctor um, some tracking on their iPhone. The doctor did not take a note of it or t- thought he saw something and it didn't see anything. You know, people forget that malpractice is a very big issue in healthcare. It is. Okay? Yeah. It really is a big issue. And doctors are very concerned about it and should be financially concerned about it. I don't know what we're going to have sort of post-COVID malpractice, but I have a feeling it will be shocking. Mm-hmm. So, but if a doctor is providing a device that's already been vetted by their their company, their organization, vetted by their IT department, or better and, FDA approved, and, well, FDA approved. So I'm going to sort of go with a given, but you're yeah. right, and it connects to the EHR. Then that's over, and and they're not getting paid per encounter; they're getting paid for the quality. They're getting paid effectively or receiving a bonus based on the quality of the patient, right? Now you have a tremendous reason to utilize the, that, okay? Right. And many insurance companies do that right up front. Many insurance companies will give patients a weight scale if they have a weight problem, and they'll give them uh, all kinds of devices. Uh, and and you know more than one has given you know literally smartwatches and Fitbits out there. Right. The problem that we're having is the integration and 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 the and the compensation and the reward system. If the doctor's not rewarded. Okay, uh, either by by economic benefit or a protection from malpractice, a doctor's going to say, "I don't want to touch it. I want I want my own data, my own information." So that's really important. So well, when look, you talk about telemedicine, and you talk about devices, and you talk about smart homes, and you talk about remote care, there are sort of two worlds. Okay, and the one world is the fee for service world, which has been trying to do that for over a decade, and the other one is the managed care world. Okay, or the global risk type of world, where it can invest in the consumer, and I can tell you that that I we've done that, 
in other companies where we literally invested in the consumer. Right. Now, you know, typically you think about sort of the wheelchairs, the walkers, no way. You invest in the consumer and you provide care. Many companies today literally pay uh, for the food for the consumer. A 70-year-old that has diabetes and has have issues with controlling their blood sugar, a company has, in many cases, and I've seen it, I've literally seen it, I've literally done it, is literally pay for that person, that individual, to receive complimentary, no cost, a food package, okay, generally frozen, that lasts them for seven days. And what it, what they're trying to do is balance the caloric intake with the sugar, okay? Right, right. Uh, that's a huge incentive, and, and that's one of the big reasons that I believe that managed care is the future. Today, managed care, for example, in, in Medicare is about a third, uh, so medic, what's called program called Medicare Advantage. I think because of COVID, um, I think you're going to see a rapid escalation in that and, and certainly be at 50% in the next three to four years with probably peaking, I would imagine, 90% by 2030, which is one of the reasons why we, we called this this podcast 2030. So when you're looking at remote care, uh, incredible future, but also it, it is much faster. It's going to move much faster, much more effective, much more efficient in a managed care environment than a fee-for-service environment. The remote care, it occurs to me, and I can see remote care having an application really across the population, <clears throat> not just with seniors, and but I can see it with, uh, you know, essentially every age group. There's really not a limitation. True, but uh, let's also remember, sort of was I think it was Derringer that said, "Why do you rob banks? Because that's where the money is." Right. Okay. So when you have a, uh, a millennial, okay, where their insurance costs, remember the, this is sort of actuarial, is probably no more than $400 a month, okay, is a very big difference than a person over 75 where the government is paying an insurance company $1,500 a month. Right. Okay, so that, 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 that's just, just based on premiums, forget about utilization. It, it, when you're literally dealing with a younger population, their issues are much more accidents and, and other types of environmental exposures. Yes, you still have you know some heart issues, and yes, you have you know um, uh, musculoskeletal issues, but not at the rate when you're do, when you have six, right. 65 or 75, right. and you have five or six or seven comorbidities. So, and that's a, that's a challenge. So, the most technology advanced of our society are the ones that generally need the least amount of healthcare. And what we're trying to do, and we are going to, we as a society are gonna do it, and it's changing in part because the baby boomers, okay, have a lot more technology savvy. I mean, we grew up with the computers. We grew up uh, we, with- We designed the you know, computers. We, we, we grew up with smartphones and things like that. So are, are we as proficient? No, but it's not foreign, it's not difficult. So. I think that that remote care is going to change dramatically as those baby boomers continue to move in, sure. as as sure. as COVID has moved the needle um, on 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 telemedicine, on technology, uh, on technology right. overall, and also I believe a monster trend is going to be as we age, we baby boomers age in place, yes. um, so that we eventually will have smart homes. And I don't just mean a smart TV and a smart uh, refrigerator. And all. I'm talking about smart home also, you know, medically and, and for your own wellness. Right. Well, and you just said 
the magic buzzword, I think, and that's wellness. I think the one thing that I see in the millennial population and even uh, even rolling into the, the early, uh, later years uh, beyond, and that is wellness, that those wearable devices are being used in those age demographics for wellness, not healthcare. Yet they have a direct application to a physician who would treat them. That data has a, a great deal of value, and 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 therein lies, I think, both the both both the, the the good and the bad about the wearables. And that is, where's the data going? Who right. who has the data? What's what's happening to it? But you know, I, and it and it provides a a tremendous advantage to a physician doing a, a telemedicine encounter and and gives them a, a great deal of information that is essentially real time and and they're 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 watching it no it's a great listen you're talking about one of the things that doctors always love is a baseline they're, they're seeing patients when they're already sick they're in pain they've had an incident they've had an accident whatever it is. what's the baseline and one right. of the great things about the, the the younger generation is they're using this technology uh, as a wellness uh, yes. tool uh, as yeah. tracking whether they're jogging or on the Peloton or but, something. They're dragging that day. And that's going to be a value creating, to them. And, and they're creating a baseline. And like, so that's going to be a tremendous value to them over the next decades, right. without question. Right. Well, I mean, you know, you mentioned in the last podcast, um, you know, you, you did a comparison between the, the, the moonshot in the in the 60s and and uh, healthcare and you know in the in the, in the moonshot there was a great deal of that telemetry the astronauts were hooked up i mean there was practically nothing physiologically going on even even brain waves um, with those astronauts that Houston Space Flight Center didn't know about and um, so there were teams, uh, teams of doctors that were monitoring all of those vitals on on all of those astronauts. So we've done this before. Uh, we know how to do it, and we know the value of it. So I think, um, you know, the, the telemedicine is going to have some long legs in our in our healthcare going forward, without without question. My my challenge is that I, I hate the word telemedicine. Okay, I have to use it because that's what everybody understands. Right. I really call it remote care. Remote care. Uh, or remote monitoring or whatever you want. But it's really remote. Um, distant care. And, and all those distant terms. care. Yeah. All of those things are important. And, and you're right. I, I, I had a conversation also last week when I basically said NASA effectively invented mm -hmm. uh, remote care. But, you know, we talked about that uh, that Venus virus, right? Remember the in the Jetsons uh, cartoon where they talked about the, one of the first times telemedicine was used on television, but also we, we saw television. Marcus Welby used the, the telephone, right. so it really is much more remote care. But there's no doubt that it's going to dramatically change. It's going to change the way the, the homes are built. Okay, so now you're going to buy a home and it already has Cat five. Yes, you have wireless, but you may want Cat five because you want higher speed. Um, that kind of capacity, uh, and some people, you know, today may want, you know, backup power, or they may want solar power. Uh, those things. I remember when I was building houses in the '80s. It was the big deal was how many phones you had, how many phone drops, right? Because everybody wanted, you know, usually as a builder, you gave them two drops, and then it was three, and it was five, and then at the end, every room, including your yeah, bathroom, room. had a phone. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> and then it was cable. Where do I have a cable drop? Right. And people, well, we give you one. And and honestly, the cable company did it for free. 
Uh, and then it was two. And then it was three. Now, it, you know, uh, it's a big deal. Now you have wireless phone, TVs, but still. So what was going to happen is people are going to ask, what is what 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 is this home built to accept? What is this smart home? Because as people age, um, they are. It is clear that they're going to stay home. They're going to equip their homes to age there. Um, I think that will have an impact on nursing homes. I think that will also have an yeah. impact on hospitals. Um, <clears throat> a couple of days ago, literally read an article about hospitals looking at um, home-based ICU, which yes. is we, which we've talked about it without right. calling it that. That's what they're right. calling it. Right. Uh, and basically, what they're saying is because of COVID, they want to get the patient back out um, and preferably home. Um, and we've also seen, as we talked about before, whether it was a hurricane or COVID, that nursing home, you know, have a high concentration. Um, that could be a problem. Well, patients um, are, the residents in, in the nursing home are far more fragile uh, from a right. health standpoint. But so the opportunity there, so let's take the, 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 the opportunity in a nursing home, assisted living, independent living, and let's put that person in with a, a a bunch of and not burdensome wearables okay so they yes they have their 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 watch okay we have their weight scale uh if they have some indications they require they have a blood glucose they have an oximeter so all of a sudden the doctor or the facility or whoever's responsible is now monitoring that patient on a real-time basis yeah. otherwise they yeah. can do whatever they want right they, they are doing whatever they want um, so I think that's where the future is, whether it's in an independent living, an assisted living, a nursing home. A nursing home normally has much more intensity, mm -hmm. but it, historically it's also been either a tele, like a, a telemetry floor in a hospital. Right. Um, I think that that telemetry floor in a hospital is going to be everywhere. It's going to be in, in the independent living, in the assisted living, in the nursing home, in the hospital. And then the hospital is going to use that as, 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 as in the home. My best example is that when I, I was very sick once, and I was in ICU, and uh, and when I was, if cure's not the right word, but when the problem was fixed or corrected, they wanted to what they normally do is they they they, they scale you down to a, another another step, room step, step, step down, down mm -hmm. and then they stay they step you down again and then eventually you get discharged and step you out right and eventually I realized that. I couldn't sleep, you know. I felt I felt a hundred percent better, yeah. and I said, "I want to go home." They're like, yep. "Well, we don't have a procedure. We don't have a protocol. We do not have a written protocol to go discharge someone from ICU." And I'm like, "Well, guess what? I don't need your permission." <laughs> and they had me sign a bunch of papers, and I literally, they, by the way, they couldn't even give me a, a wheelchair because they sort of didn't want to participate in what was they thought was <laughs> reckless on my part. Um, thank God I had a great family, and I went home and recovered. Yeah, uh, and I could sleep without getting progged, without getting a blood test, without the machine, without. Oh my right. God! I hated the lights at night. Right? They leave oh, the lights yeah. on at night. Yeah. Or 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 paging. Now I'm sure it's better now. I've been in a hospital in 12 years, but the the paging of the doctor or the emergency or the stat was there's just too much going on in a hospital. So apparently, I read this a couple of days ago. Is hospitals are talking about how do they discharge a patient into the into home, their home mm -hmm. and monitor. So this goes back to what we talked about earlier. This forget about telemedicine. This is now going back into remote care. How do we monitor a patient? How do we interact with a patient? Um, 
and and how do we uh, service a patient? I believe that we're going to have communities that are going to be designed that way. Instead of sort of, in sort of sort of you know, uh, uh, vertical, they're going to be horizontal um, because it'll be a better lifestyle. Um, it'll be more connected to to nature. Everybody talks about green everything. Well, I I, I have a really hard problem. We're talking about green everything. Um, and, and green communities, and all of a sudden we're stacking our elderly yeah. uh, in, in institutions. And they, they, they're a little nicer. They got nicer carpet, nicer color. And by the way, I have friends in this industry, so hopefully they won't get upset. But they're still institutions. Nice institutions are still institutions. Yep. Okay? Um, and, and you know, you'll hear me when I, if, if and when I ever get to that space, I'm going to say the same thing. I do not want um, a, a golden cage is still a golden cage. Well, so yeah. we have now the technology. Think about your, you know, we're talking about, you know, back in the old days. Think about, you know, the old uh, $6 million man show, right? Mm-hmm. We now have the technology to do this. We could do this remotely um, with remote care. That includes, yes, it includes two-way radio communication or telephone communication. It includes two-way video communication. It includes two-way data communication. The data, at the end of the day, the data is the most valuable thing. Right. We, we we probably didn't think about it, but think about it. When, when, when you go to a doctor's office, they ask you all these questions. Well, that's all data. We, we just never called it data. That's now right. it's data. That's right. How do you feel? I feel, you know, what, what are the variables? Uh, what's your temperature? What's your weight? What's your blood pressure? Um, uh, what What is, uh, you know, uh, what are the other things? What are your symptoms? Those are right. all data. right. Right. Um, we just never called it data. No, that's but right. now now we know that it is all data, <clears throat> and that all has an impact with doctor, and that gives the doctors the opportunity to treat you better, faster, um, and 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 with the most efficiency that has ever been possible. So with all of this remote care going on, whether it's to an elder population in a nursing home or to a smart home community, or to really the general population at large, it sort of begs a question in a way, are we overbuilt when it comes to physician offices and medical office buildings? Do we have too many doctor offices? I think that we have way too many doctor's offices. I think we have too many physical facilities. In our community, even though, as you know, continues to grow, Uh, we're now starting to see effectively pretty vacant medical office buildings. MOBs, by the way, is what they're called. Everything in healthcare has an acronym. Um, I do believe that the the typical 2,000-square-foot doctor's office for a single practitioner is obsolete um, with the use of technology. You don't need, you know, a copier. Really don't. You got a scanner. Mm-hmm. Uh, you, know, you say, well, print a copier. You, you, you don't need a fax machine. Okay, um, phones are different. You don't need uh, as many office rooms because you're going to have much more efficient th- what you called throughput. I think in one of our last mm-hmm. uh, podcasts. So you're going to create a lot of efficiencies. I think you also called it sort of just in time. So it's not like they're going to work out. Of, they're not going to work from home. We're not going to see the elimination of the medical office. Uh, telemedicine is going to go from five percent to ten percent. It's not going to fifty percent. Um, and it, it may go to 15 once we get all of that technology in inbound, all that data inbound, okay? So it could go to that. 
but that that's not going to happen. That's not going to happen because of COVID. It, it's not enough time. Right. It's not enough training. It's and that's training the doctors, the providers of care, the nurses, the nurse practitioners, sure. and the consumer. And the consumer and infrastructure so that needs got, to be built. We have we have these monster medical office buildings that are usually connected to hospitals uh, that we probably don't need 25% of their square footage for. Again, it won't be zero. Right. And, we, and it ain't going to be 80%, but if we don't need 25%, you're talking about millions and millions of square feet. That's right. Um, and, and, and I think there's a lot more efficiencies out there in the aggregation of doctors. Right now, you've had a tremendous amount of consolidation in doctors that have been acquired by hospitals. And the hospitals uh, probably learned a little bit of a lesson in some, at least in some markets, um, where these doctors uh, were a financial drain when everything shut down, and they were not able to adapt, uh, or they they adapted, but you still had the overhead. Right. You still had the lease, the equipment, the bonds, whatever, whatever financed the building. Yep. You still had it. You still had the maintenance. The one of the things that we've learned, and we certainly have it here in our office. Is the electricity still running? Okay, the lights right. are off. The electricity is still running. The air conditioning is still running. Yep. Uh, the the building owner is still maintaining the building. That doesn't go away. No. And and if you make a mistake, then you make a you really make a mistake because if you shut down the air conditioning, when it's a hundred degrees outside, it's going to get pretty ugly in in the building. So, yeah. those buildings all have to be maintained. I think that that effectively the medical office building for the most part. Uh, is a creation of the 1960s, and we haven't seen a transformation. And as we go back to the communities, um, as we, we use more technology, uh, we'll be a lot more efficient. Yeah. So we, we probably have 25% over capacity. Well, this has been a very, very interesting podcast. I think, um, you know, to, to kind of recap, we've we've talked about uh, telemedicine in, in the population. We've talked about how telemedicine is remote care because in its in its full application, it includes far more than just a audio or a video portal between a doctor and a patient or a doctor and a doctor, as we talked about in the last the last podcast as well. I think that and and I'll let you let you jump on after this, but you know when when I look at telemedicine and I look how it has already affected the healthcare industry, it really it really does suggest that there's going to be a lot of not just telemedicine related changes, but ancillary re- related changes to telemedicine as well. So I think I think the driving force has now shifted in healthcare. And correct me if I'm wrong, but I think it's it's shifted. And now healthcare is driving technology and, and is making technology work uh, in, in ways that uh, it works now, that technology works now in a lot of other industries, but to this point in time has never been adapted into healthcare. No, you're, you're completely right. I mean, you, the, would you say people, that again? I, I kind of like that. You're completely right. And, and, but that. here's the big picture telemedicine has changed forever post-COVID, yes. okay? Yeah. It is not we, everything. It's not magic. It's not going to solve the, solve no. the solution. But what people need to understand, and hopefully our listeners can get to the, maybe I've explained it, maybe I haven't, is that if telemedicine goes, the long-term plan, 
from 5% of care to 10% of care, there are unintended consequences. Exactly. Okay? And, and, and by the way, I think at the end of the day, it's going to be better for patients. It's not any question. The unintended consequence is not that the patient care is going to reduce. I, I think on the contrary. I think it will improve, but that also means that you probably don't have, have way too much space. We may have doctors uh, in the wrong communities. Um, you, you may have, we may have too many doctor, hospitals, okay? We may have too many hospital beds. All of those things are a byproduct of an improvement, a dramatic improvement in telemedicine, which I think society needs. I think we're, we, as as a as an enterprise have been preparing for it we're see, we're seeing it mm-hmm. um it was predictable uh what was not predictable was and we talked to you know a couple of podcasts ago sort of the black swan that hit healthcare right that then forced all of these changes so um there'll be a lot of displacements like anything else i mean think about what happened you know in the industrial revolution think of what happened um when carriages were replaced by you know or by horseless carriages or cars. Mm-hmm. Uh, what happened when effectively it wasn't replaced, but you know it, it was impacted. Uh, the railroads were impacted by cars. Yeah. Uh, and, well, and you electricity. Know, all, all of those. Yeah. So, so you're having you're having that kind of an event happen to healthcare right now. We've called it a renaissance. And and what I think you're going to have is that renaissance. You're yeah. going to have you're going to have a moment. Then time has said that COVID took all of these potential trends and exploited exploited them exploited them right that healthcare will never be the same well and galvanized i think would be a good word also because it it's galvanized technology and 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 healthcare in a way that we didn't we didn't think would happen in the time frame that we're, we're we're looking at. I'm not sure that is the right word, but I I, I I have to think about it. But I think what it's done is well, it's, it's the freed. technology infused. It, it's freed it's an infusion, right? It, it's freed tech, the, the combination of technology and services. So I am a hundred percent convinced that it will be dramatically different, right. and not in a decade. Okay, we may have to rebrand this uh, this podcast because it will not take to 2030 to see that. No. We're still going to have the retirees no. by 2030. That's not going to change no. by technology. No. That's, However, it's a we, given. we can have a material in, in, in impact on the cost of healthcare, uh, which is expected to double between now and 2030. We could have uh, a material or measurable increase in life expectancy. So I'm actually very optimistic about that infusion of of, of technology and healthcare. So. I think with that we'll 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 we'll, we'll call it a wrap. It's good. And uh, thank you for everyone for yes. for listening. We hope you will join us in the next podcast. Uh, and thank you for uh, being part of Healthcare Twenty Thirty. Thank you for listening to our podcast. To learn more about our company, please check out our website at oxiohealth.io. That's www.oxiohealth.io.